0: The man or beast that I run from ain't been born.
1: You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) Arriva, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! ah. Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco.
2: Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm
3: against historical trash.
2: Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Stanton Studio in various historic Colorado. And Utah beer districts, it's The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest running monthly hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over 1 million times all over the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on all your favorite hiking apps
1: and at
3: thetrailshow.com. Woohoo! That was an excellent read.
1: Folks, this has been a up a couple months of chaos Uh, we are here though barely and we have a special guest guest hosting with us tonight you may know him from trail show number 99 way back in october of 2020 the greater yellowstone route or trail show 93 which we covered his route in between or you may just know him as (laughs) that's right Larry boy in the house. Larry what, boy, what? Thanks, thanks for guest hosting tonight. Oh yeah, it's a pleasure to be here.
2: I'm uh, trying to hold down the uh, the beer contingent for the show tonight. I'll do yeah, my best folks, so if the quality degrades. you know why.
1: Well, and Larry <laughs> boy, you're actually filling the shoes of both D-Lo and Triple O, as one of them's out of the country, one of them's out of pocket, and so yeah, you got big shoes to fill, my friend. I'll do my very best.
3: Actually, you're drinking for four of us. Yeah. Because we got two people absent and we got two people on that can't drink. So more on that later.
2: More on that and later. Everyone drink knows the secret four. is very small cups. Yeah. So other, this show doesn't just go completely bananas.
1: That's right. Uh, Larry Boy is a pro. All right, POD, let's uh, set the table for tonight's show.
3: Let's see here. We, we've we got some uh, trail news. It was pretty depressing this month. I think I've found one golden nugget of hope. We have some audio clips. We have a trail of the month with a with another guest who's been on before. And we have some mailbag. We have Ask a Hiker with, with Dilo who's not here.
1: No, uh, with P.O.
3: With P.O. Dilo. <laughs> I like that
4: kind of frankenstein of that
3: right we got some i don't know that's i don't even want to think about what that would mean um we've got some monthly donors we've got some one-offs we've got uh we're going to mention our our beer donation even though we're not quite drinking it tonight we're still gonna give it a shout out we'll 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 feature it next month what else audio clips shenanigans shouting you know
1: Yep. Talking about Giardia, Lamblia. Mm -hmm.
3: Talking about poop.
1: Mm -hmm. Isn't that every week? I Mm -hmm. know,
3: right? Pretty much every night. Pretty much. Mm -hmm.
1: Very good. Um, Well, even though we're not formally doing a real beer of the month, we should talk about our beer donors and promise that we will drink that beer next month.
3: So David Vitti dropped off.
0: Hey, Bola pasta.
3: As big as your beer donation, a huge box of beers from the East Coast. Yeah, unbelievable. In, he was in Denver. He dropped them with a friend of ours who then another friend of ours went and picked them up from that friend and brought them down to us. Anyway, there's also a few beers in there from um, Pisco. What a guy. Um, so, yeah, we've got a, a few bombers and then tons of of tall boys. Um, we've got so much beer. We might even share some with Dilo
4: maybe
1: hmm. tbd i don't know he's, i mean I, I mean he's not even on the show tonight he doesn't deserve i know
3: beer. and he prefers to drink urine anyway Let's yeah yeah there we go yeah um yeah, so- i got
2: some pink monstrosity here tonight it's actually quite good but i'm in general skeptical of beers that are pink this is, is it really pink?
3: Of, yeah is it, it's actually it, physically is it, pink is it natter day
2: no it is a uh, berliner Weiss uh be behind uh. berliner which is some sort of uh, plum ale from a local brewing company here huh. in uh,
3: Salt mm. Lake. So wow! And we should note that Trail Show Nation provided the beers for Larry Boy tonight. So thank you, Trail Show Nation, for thank those. you, donators. <laughs> generous, yes, pink beers. <laughs> what are you drinking? So you got some Berliner, something. Berliner
4: Weiss.
2: Pink yeah, this is from Shades Brewing in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, well, generally, I prefer something. Darker, you know, stout, porter, beef dripping in July
3: when it's yeah crude degrees. oil, you know,
2: but you
3: know crude it's a hundred
2: degrees out, so you yeah, know, something very kind of light and tasty and refreshing. Right
3: now, can kind you get the build. full strength in in Utah?
2: Uh, you can get uh, less watered down than you used to. They changed a lot a couple okay. years back, but to get the uh, the full strength, full strength, you know, the nine percent IPA, you still have to go to like a state-run liquor store. Which, oh you know well, they you, sell at room temperature and it's you know oh open God. limited hours, but you know you get it, or yeah. you just cross state lines and import beer illegally. Because no one does
1: that. No, I'm sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> never happened. No, never, never would happen.
3: So yeah, that's that's our beer report.
1: All right, fantastic. Um, let's hop right into trail news. Bod, you have a couple of cheerful stories for us this month. I Take do. it away.
3: Okay, I'm going to try to keep these. Uh, brief but uh in yellowstone national park there were at least three goring incidents in the last 10 days by buffalo and for the most part this is people getting too close to the animals and in one situation i actually watched the video that that buffalo almost got a very small child because idiots were like let's put the kid with the buffalo and take a picture Um, so
4: this
1: this happens every year i know it, and it happens in yellowstone every year I so know. how how do you make it not happen you
3: know you, you
2: put all can. the
1: buffalo in your car yes they've you tried know, that too
3: when it's you go not all Yellow- of them yeah that's true when you just, go to yellowstone national some, park yeah at every entrance they have signs that say like every year this many people are killed in the park so i don't know what else you can do i mean at some point it's darwinism you know what i'm saying um And and I also saw a video of a bull elk, a young bull elk was trying to go head to head with a photographer. And the photographer had been a safe distance away. And and the the elk, like, charged him basically and then kept putting his head and his horns down, like trying to lock horns.
1: We're talking about an elk, not a buffalo.
3: An elk, yes.
1: I've never heard of an elk human like i've seen them
3: before in yellowstone i've seen videos but anyway so this photographer actually was really it's a kind of a fascinating video to watch so he charges the photographer and i only watched from the part where they started filming which was after the charge happened and he um the 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 elk kept putting his head down like he wanted to lock horns thinking like i'm challenging another one of my own kind even though he clearly does not have any antlers Hmm. And the photographer just like would put his—he had a hat on—and he would just put his head down, and they didn't—he didn't butt him, but he would—the—the the elk would put his forehead against this guy's forehead and start pushing and and moving his antlers. What? And the photographer would just like not resist, and then the the elk would pull his head away, and the photographer very casually would like look up and try to take pictures with this with his like fancy camera because he was uh. like so close. And then anytime okay. the elk looked at him he would put his gaze down and not look at him and um and then eventually he started like like you know hoofing it like doing his like you know like pawing up the dirt um thing
2: his dominance dance
3: yeah and and eventually there were some cars around and eventually one of the cars drove up i was like why did the cars drive up sooner like to, i don't know what anyway it was very interesting like the photographer was very clearly trying to de-escalate basically the situation like this it sounds like very a very calm
1: this sounds like a deep fake
3: yeah it was really are you real. sure the
1: video was real beauty
3: seems pretty real hmm. bottom line stay away from animals
4: See
2: the problem, though. Moving rivers.
1: i mean the trail show nation knows not to do this stuff it, the people that don't listen to the show or any outdoor podcast for that matter are the people that are involved in that's all right. It's crazy ass It's altercation. Sometimes
3: it's fun fodder to listen to. You're like, wow, I we really are. How are we? How are humans still here? You know, anyway.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, let's see. A very sad story. A hiker from the Netherlands, Paul Grandmaster Classen, died at McAfee's Knob. He fell off. And Oof. the um, report from another hiker that was there that says... He spontaneously slumped forwards and fell. He was totally well, just chilling, eating breakfast. Hmm. We think he must have passed out, but we don't know why, and we'll never know why for sure. He was our oh. friend and the most lively, empathetic, personable, fun, and goofy guy you could ever meet. And he was from the Netherlands, I think, somewhere over there. And he was actually gonna be finishing hmm. his hike at the next town stop and flying home. So
4: very sad yeah.
1: story. Very sad. Oh, that sucks.
2: And the hyper, hiker grapevine would indicate that it's not like he was even like dangling his No, he wasn't. Well, things wow. that we've all done, right? Honestly, yeah, of course. Um, he was just kind of doing his thing, and all of a sudden, you know, he was off. So Damn. it left the, uh, as you might imagine, it left the community more than a little bit of shock.
1: Yeah, yeah I yeah.
3: saw there was another story about a hiker that had been rescued in the um, what are those? The presidential's up there. In New Hampshire. Yeah,
1: someone and died
2: that- recently in the President's.
3: Yes, he has some sort of a health, a health issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And anyway, Um, okay. So yes, thoughts and prayers to the class and family and any of his friends that knew him on the 80th. Pretty tragic story there, and a pretty horrific thing to witness. Okay, we have some hikers that were res- rescued at Lake Como, which is here in Colorado. Lake Como sits at the very bottom of the Sangres in Colorado, basically. It is the access point for three 14ers, Blanca, Alienwood Point, and Little Bear. And you can drive very minimal way up. That road is about the worst I've ever driven. And then you hike up, most people hike up and camp at Lake Como and then do one or two or three 14ers from there.
1: Isn't like Como notorious for bear activity?
3: Oh uh, yeah, I think it is. You I think you're right about that.
1: So you drive up a really crappy road then to go get no sleep at all at a lake full of morbid bears. bears. And boys no,
4: Sounds I, awesome. I
3: actually think the bear activity happens during the day. I think the bears are ha, are yes, I think the bears Why? are keen to the scene because the bears know that nobody's there during the day. They're all out Bag in the peaks
1: did you just say keen to the scene
3: they're keen to the scene i like that yeah
1: hashtag and keen to the scene
3: when i went up there with with uh macgyver we actually went above lake como and camped um so because we were not down to be messed with by bears but anyway mm-hmm. so this story came out in mid-june i believe and people should know that in mid-june For most of the second half of june it was kind of rainy and cold here Mm -hmm. in colorado i mean even here at seven thousand feet it was you know i was wearing leggings and not shorts every day um and it was still actively snowing in the high country and there were two hikers that made an sos call or somebody made a call on their behalf and the uh alamosa search and rescue went out and rescued these hikers in the middle of the night it was terrible weather it was raining and that area is super dangerous to be up in a vehicle on that road there's tons of rock fall and whoever was speaking on their behalf said ignorance kills these hikers were highly unprepared they had no extra clothing and no way to stay dry in their tent with no rain fly when rescue yeah when rescue crews reached the hikers about a quarter of a mile from lake como one was so cold that they he could not move they could not move search and rescue said the other hiker was vomiting, severely dehydrated and had a headache. These hikers said they did not understand why it was so cold and rainy in Colorado because it has been, quote, so hot in Texas, unquote, where they hike all the time. They never checked any weather forecasts and did not have an extra food, water or layers for the intense hike in or the night, to, the intense hike in or for the night to camp. And now we're all just shaking, collectively shaking our heads right now, but I thought I would share.
2: So search and rescue generally takes a pretty no blame approach to these kind of things. It's not unlike airline safety where you focus on, you know, procedures and stuff like that, not people, because if you know you're just gonna get ripped on, you're simply not gonna report, or in this case, you're not gonna call search and rescue. So usually search and rescue is pretty measured in those comments. The yeah. fact Sounds that like they kind of went had out, had out of it. their way to uh, to identify <laughs> well, bad behavior tells yeah. me it yeah. was pretty egregious. Yeah.
3: Well, and the other thing is, like, you think about all the lives that were in danger. Like, going up that road is truly very dangerous. Um, they went up there at night. The search and rescue went up there at night. That, that road is so dangerous. Hmm. Um, and there's tons of rock fall. The rocks are slippery. Like, I don't know. It, yeah.
1: So, Two things. I'm glad they... I'm glad they were able to get help, A. Mm-hmm. And B, I don't know how search and rescues are billed. I know it, it it varies from state to state, maybe even county to county. But I would submit that if these two folks got a bill for their rescue, I could understand why.
3: Yeah. yeah. Kind
2: of I mean, cuts both ways because you never want to people for people not to call search and rescue because they don't want to get a bill. But then oftentimes that turns into more of a recovery
3: operation. Yeah. Yeah. And we all make mistakes. We've all done stupid stuff, you know? So it's just, I guess, I I think when you live in a state with so much outdoor recreation and you see uh, like, especially living here in Salida. Okay. So last, let's see, last week, last week it was 90 degrees you know, it's been 90 degrees for several days in a row. And one day last week, it rained so hard late at night. And in the morning, it was 60 degrees already at five in the morning. And there was fresh snow up on Chavano. I mean, not like a ton. It was a powdered sugar, little dusting, but like, that tells like, that tells you that reinforces the idea that like, oh, when i go into the mountains i need to like check the weather i need to be prepared for all conditions you know
2: when i was a very new new hiker i think it was my first backpacking trip ever i thought i went to like the smokies over spring break as like every child eastern mississippi does and i really didn't understand the effects of elevation Mm -hmm. Uh, you know if you grow up in a flat place as i did you don't understand really that you know, wow. a simple vertical mile, you know, 1,000 right. feet to 6,000 feet can make all the difference in yeah. the world. And it sounds like this may have happened here. Yeah. Well. And these yeah.
3: guys, are, I don't know if they're guys, I'm saying guys as in general, these people, these guys, you know, they're from Texas. They might be from a completely a place where it's never cold, where it's always hot, and they may go hiking all the time. And they might hike in like river valleys and like, foothills and things like that where it's never really very it's never cold you know and they maybe saw a picture of lake como or they saw a picture of blanca and were like let's go do that you know um and they had no idea so
1: they're lucky to be alive
3: we all start somewhere maybe they'll come back and be the most prolific (laughs) you know outdoor enthusiast you we've ever met you never know maybe they'll even become trail show listeners maybe they already are
1: oh could be uh they if hey they were if you if
2: you are those people email right.
1: us <laughs> yeah please do I <laughs> ah, love it all right any more stories Beauty? yes i got
3: one more one little highlight here
1: this is a good story um, right
3: oh yes quick note uh, larry bright <laughs> brought this up i meant to mention it in item number one there was insane flooding in yellowstone national park So the CDT may or may not be impacted. I also just saw that there's some fires kicking up in Northern California. So here we go, is all I'm gonna say. Here we go. Jennifer Farr Davis just completed the new Appalachian High Route.
1: JPD. Yep,
3: 350 mile loop from Burnsville, North Carolina that uses the AT and the MST, which is the Mountains to Sea Trail and a few other connectors. Hmm. Hikers on the Appalachian high route could summit all 53 of the Southern Sixers. Those are peaks above 6,000 feet. What? With a little bushwhacking and creativity. In doing so, they would bag all but one of the East Coast 6,000 foot, foot plus peaks, New Hampshire's Mount Washington. Cold Mountain and La are both a half day side trip mm-hmm. off the route and while most other peaks are on or in close pursuit proximity to the trail there are bushwhacks to reach some of those summits Hmm. that will also add time
1: how long did it take her
3: she didn't do it as a contiguous loop
1: because Ah, she'd already
3: done the at several times
1: sure sure
3: and she'd actually already done part of the mst Mm -hmm. so she really just did the connector section i i I read through the article and she had done the connector section in a few days but um she didn't do it as a contiguous loop because she's already done you know those, all right
1: those. i'm tasking larry boy with getting jpd on a future trail show to feature yeah. the, the this route as a future trail of the month
2: all right i got her on a speed dial okay cool <laughs> i was looking yes. at this route it actually looks like it's almost entirely on trail like there's a short yep. i don't know what it is 20 mile red walk don't call okay. me there but like a lot of it just looks like a nice loop of trail and whether mm. or not you're into like actually tagging each of right. these high points or whatever if you are great if you're not like just do it as a nice circle yep. loop hike.
3: it's nice to have a loop loops are so much logistically so much easier. and she said there were like four resupply options along the route cool disco so. i'm calling
2: it right now loops are the future of through hiking
1: loops <laughs> i like it loops loops are loops are good logistically i mean yeah. they make a whole lot of sense they do a lot cheaper than a point to point.
3: Yeah,
2: and you get to see an ecosystem from more than one perspective from within it too.
3: That's yep. true, and you get to exactly. look across. Across.
1: There's where no T. There's you're no T at the end of the word across, beauty. unless
3: you're in the south.
1: No, I think that's a midwestern thing.
3: Is it a midwestern thing? Unless you We the also midwestern. have
2: the word the letter S at the end of whereabouts, like whereabouts you from. Whereabouts. Uh, yeah. whereabouts.
3: <laughs> yep, you're right.
1: Is that it for trail news?
3: That is it.
1: Fantastic. So we've got a little bit of time before our trail of the month guest shows up. So I think, oh, let's do our wild card segment entitled what the hell has Larry boy been up to lately? Yeah. So Larry boy, you're in Utah right now, correct? That I am. Okay. That means I, I changed the, um, you may have noticed I changed the intro from Colorado and Arizona Beer Districts to Colorado and Utah Beer Districts. So,
4: And actually, it should
1: Arizona. just be Utah Beer Districts tonight because Larry Boy's the only one sipping wheat sodas. So, Larry Boy, what's up with you, man? It's been almost two years since you were on the show, October 2020, if I've got that correct. A lot has happened between then and yeah, now.
3: Yeah, we heard about the bear attack.
1: Yeah, we so have- were at post-
2: Post, Post bear, bear attack, attack, but pre-other, got it. Got yes. It. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think last time I was on the show, just finished the uh, Greater Yellowstone.
1: That's right. Route.
4: Yep.
2: I did uh, a little, I don't know what it was, 400 miles. It was like half of one of Brett Tucker's new routes, the uh, Desert Winter Through Hike. Yes. Which, oh, yeah. Which, by the way, looks amazing. For sure. It's uh, I did the uh, Utah, not Utah, what state is that? Arizona. Arizona half and early part of last year and i'd like to finish up the uh, california half when time allows that's a great little route and then mm. of course i started work you know the thing we love talking about mm. on you know, this show so you know I, I start work you know i'm there for a week and a half i've just gotten my new health insurance go on a week weekend backpacking trip and snap my heel bone into four pieces
1: can you oh my God. talk briefly about how that happened
2: Okay, so the first thing that you should know is that I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, so I was doing just this little loop in Southern Utah um, and there was a place where this Slick Rock Canyon kind of ran underneath a road and they had actually bored through like solid rock underneath the road just to make essentially a culvert for okay. purposes. So I check out this like Slick Rock culvert, which is kind of cool. And I I'd walk a short ways in there and it's like, a little dark, but I can still see and everything's fine until suddenly I can't see at all. Hmm. And I step and fall about four feet and land with my heel right on that rock.
1: So oh uh, and you, I instantly had three more bones. Oh my god. I mean, you had on trail runners, I'm assuming, like, yep. But the way it was just like full impact, right on the heel, boom. Yeah. And did I have you a know good know ankle and a bad
2: ankle? This was my good ankle, so I always kind of tend to lean. Take the impact with that so it was one foot just directly on the ground and it because it's dark you can't really like see yourself or brace yourself you don't know if you're falling four feet or 400 feet you know right
1: did you know Um, immediately that there was trouble
2: that there was trouble yeah um like i picked myself up and like i just couldn't walk at all not a a bit Mm. uh so i had to kind of crawl out of the tunnel and then up this like dirt and rock slope which is right at the angle of repose right um so you know you're crawling up on hands and knees and you know dirt and rocks are like sliding down as you're
1: climbing oh geez
4: man
2: so it was like it was about an hour crawl to to get to the side of the road um what horrific yeah um
4: holy so what do you think and then of course i'm in the middle of
2: nowhere so i still have to drive home yeah. Um, because I figure, oh, like I don't, I, I was in pretty, pretty firm denial. I didn't know it was broken or anything like that,
4: mm-hmm. but
2: I was like, oh, this is sprained and there's no way that the doctor is going to let me drive, you know, if I go, go in. So I was just like, I'll just go home and go to the hospital there.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so everyone's like, oh gosh, you drove four and a half hours on a broken foot. Well, yeah, but the crawl out was far, far worse. Just yeah. horrific. Huh um so yeah this you know does
3: sound this does sound vaguely though like when you got attacked by the bear and you didn't hit the spot you're like well i mean hiking out eight hours was going to be about the same as you know getting a rescue so
2: again yeah. denial and adrenaline does powerful it's things. true, uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. Uh-huh. yeah so again i did have my uh my personal locator beacon. um my rule anytime you're doing something alone and off trail, yeah. just my personal risk tolerance. I always had it. I was alone. I was off trail. I had my beacon. If I had needed to call a rescue, I could have, um, no. so no. yeah, you know, surgery, the whole nine yards about, you know, three months off the foot, multiple months in a walking boot. Um, wow. so I guess last, uh, last year was kind of a dud outdoors wise. Um,
1: Oh my God.
2: Then this year I, I went back for round two because, you know, you can't just have one and I have been working out of that for the last few months you know mm-hmm. so it's been a lot more like car camping a lot more you know scenic drives as you know tame as that sounds um less bear that's well,
3: nice. more than what I can do <laughs> Yeah,
2: <laughs> guys um... I know you guys have been doing this for a, like a decade now but man are we old <laughs> you have like a decade on me <laughs>
1: Oh, totally. Larry boy. You you've got your whole life in front of you, man. You're just a young buck. Me and POD, we're we're knocking on our AARP cards, man.
3: Well, you know what I like to say is that I'm knock knock knocking on 50s door.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah. Wow. So, you've just been in recovery mode then. I mean, but but it sounds like you said you just did an 18-mile hike over 2 days. So, you're ramping back up slowly. Is that what's going down?
2: Yep. Um, I've resolved that, you know, even if I'm not fully up to speed this summer, like I'm sick of being sick, so to speak. Yeah. And at some point, Amen. you just got to go for it. So it's, uh, you know, kind of just do something every week, you know, kind of build your tolerances, Yeah. Yep. you know, see what your body can do. And, you know, okay, maybe you're never going to do like, I don't know, 35. I've never done 35s. I've done like 135 ever, but, um, you know, maybe you're not going to be, you know, everything that you used to be in terms of physical capabilities, but you work with what you got. You find a way to enjoy the outdoors with whatever you can do.
1: How do you stay motivated, Larry boy, like during this whole process, how have you stayed motivated? Have you just been thinking about future hikes and focusing on that? or, Or do you have some other stuff going on?
2: Well, how do you stay motivated on through thru-hike? Like, um, you don't think about Katahdin. True. You think about, like, in terms of, for me at least, I think about it in terms of, like, the next, uh, yeah, the next day by resupply day. stretch.
4: Sure. You know,
2: I can I can think about today. I can think about the next three or four days. I may even think about the next resupply stretch. But after that, forget it, you know, unless I have something specifically that I need to focus on. You know, you, you set these short and medium term mm-hmm. goals like hey i'm gonna do 18 miles over two days and it's not gonna make my foot fall off and that is an accomplishment when you can do it and okay maybe next week you push the envelope a little more yeah. or maybe you know it's a, a week to consolidate your gains or something like that right but you right. know you just got to do something and just focus on improving just a little and mm-hmm. you know maybe i'll get there and maybe you know I'll be permanently hobbled by this thing, but, you know, we're just going to have to see.
1: How'd your foot feel on that 18 miler?
2: Uh, the first day I felt great. I was able to, you know, walk around uh, this alpine lake and uh, throw a fishing rod into the water for a while. Because that's the kind of thing you do when you can't hike all day. Um, yeah. The next day, not as great. Yeah. But, you know, I made it. Small was, steps.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Wow. This, cool. might, this might be a good segue into trip reports beauty
3: okay well i've done nothing like every month for the last so segment.
1: i tell you what let me let, let me do mine first <laughs> and i it's gonna like i'm gonna speak to you to speak on what happened because we we haven't done a show since we didn't go to peru so
3: oh okay yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. so my trip report is this uh first week of june POD drove me to South Denver, and I hopped on the Colorado Trail and hiked the first 100 miles to Breckenridge, which I learned was actually pretty early to be going up and over Georgia Pass at 11,600, 800 feet in the first week of June. Yeah, but why were we on the CT? Why was I on the CT? I was on the CT because we did not go to Peru. We were set to basically spend the bulk of June in Peru with Twinkle and Grace. And we pulled Grinkle. the plug, We the Grinkles, we pulled the plug right at the last minute because POD's back situation escalated a bit. POD, mm-hmm. do you wanna speak on that?
3: Sure, so as everybody who listens knows, I've been having some issues with my back. My I have a extremely herniated disc in my L5. And actually I decided at the end of April after getting an unsuccessful cortisone shot that surgery was probably the way to go. Um, but I was like, I'm not gonna do that until after the summer because I don't want it to interfere with my summer plans. And Disco kept like raising the red flag, like, "Are you sure we should go to Peru?" And I was like, "It only hurts in the morning. It's excruciating in the morning, but then it's fine." And and that was mostly true. I mean, it did hurt throughout the day, but usually when I was walking, it was okay. We we did a cut. We did a little backpacking trip, and again, it was. The worst in the morning, especially trying to do camp chores, like bent over in the tent. Oh, my God. But once I started moving, I was fine. We did some car camping. Same thing. Morning was terrible. Then I was fine. But what happened was it got progressively worse throughout the month of May. And then I had two consecutive nights. Well, okay, so the last week of May, I asked my doctor for some opioids, thinking, I just want something in case it hurts real bad when I'm traveling so for like on the plane or the public transportation the bus the long bus ride so he's like try these so I had been having some difficulties at night it started to get to the point where I was waking up at like one or two in the morning and I was extremely uncomfortable like a lot of pain and I'd go to the couch and like try to get comfortable and like eventually fall back asleep it was not very pleasant to be working through all of this because I was having interrupted sleep and not a lot of sleep. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. I got these opioids and I tried them. I did a double dose of double the recommended dose and it did nothing like didn't even make me feel weird, which was very disappointing. And then um, I was like, yeah, that didn't work at all. So the next day he gave me a different kind of opioid didn't do anything to me, didn't make me sleepy, didn't make me feel Nothing. weird, didn't do anything. And apparently that's the thing for some people. Opioids don't do anything. Hmm. Um, I had two consecutive nights where I didn't sleep at all because I was in so much pain and it was after the second night that I was like, uh, I don't know if I can do this.
1: Like, I well, can't sit- And what you didn't know is that I had already been texting with the Grinkle a a good seven days prior to when you decided in your head that it wasn't going to work. I already knew it wasn't going to work. So I told him, I was just like, guys, chances are you're going to be going on this trip without beauty and I, so um, it's a bummer. So we canceled
3: the trip and I let myself feel sorry for about 20 minutes. And then I took this um, nerve blocker gabapentin that night and I slept great. And everyone was like, I'm so sorry about your trip. And I was like, that is so far in the rearview mirror, because I slept like that is more important to me. And and so then I made it my focus to start down this path of surgery. And I guess here's what I want to say about this. Um, Back pain is a long journey. And it's different for every person. The reasons are different for every person. Sometimes it can be physiological and psychological. Sometimes it's just one or the other. And this conversation that I had with Fidget kept started to bubble up for me in May. Um, she and I talked about how um, I think, especially as female um, athletes, if you will, sometimes I think we're hyper aware of being strong and tough because the world doesn't see us that way. And even in outdoor pursuits, sometimes people make assumptions, especially when you're hiking with a male partner, and there's going to have to be some bleeping here, but there's some, there's a difference between being tough and your team. And what that means is like, it's fine to be tough. It's, it's fine to, to grin and bear it. It's fine to try to increase your thresholds of what you're capable of and, and to like try to understand what your, what your mental capacity is and try to improve on that and your self-talk and all that stuff. And then there's another point where your stubbornness and not your toughness is going to screw over the other people in your team.
2: Yeah, It becomes counterproductive.
3: That's right. And that's what we were looking at is like, I was, I was trying to be so tough one because I really wanted to go to Peru and I wanted us to go with the Grinkles because I knew that would be a good time.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: But at, at some point I'm like, okay, and if we go and I really am in a bad way, Are we really going to be able to hike? And if we're not going to be able to hike, why are we even going? Because that was the main focus of the trip. This is Disco's first time to Peru. So then we're going to take this month-long trip where he's basically taking care of me because I was stubborn. Not because we went and I twisted my ankle and that's how the cards played, right? Like, No, it's because I'm stubborn and I'm determined that I'm going to have a certain way. And as a result, now I've screwed my hiking partner over and they can't enjoy this epic trip because i'm so injured that all we can do is like lay around on the couch and also like going to a country built for tiny people my thought was like trying to be comfortable you know just i mean this is a real thing because i lived in mexico i know how it is like this is a real thing like the furniture public transportation everything's made for smaller people smaller sized individuals and when you have a back injury yeah it's not ideal so anyway we canceled our trip yeah and and Disco decided to go out on the Colorado show, which was great. Um, I got to resupply him. And I've just been lying on my stomach, reading books, mm-hmm. which has been lovely. And every morning I, I go for a, a Dawn Patrol walk slash hike at my back pain pace. And I feel so much gratitude yeah. that I live here.
1: And, and real quick, I just want to say to folks, we, we know all about dr john sarno's books i've actually read all four i've had friends that have basically healed their back pain just from reading his books beauty knows about john sarno he he, she knows about his books so please you can save those recommendations for someone else you know and yeah thank you Uh, for saying that yep yep and and I'm glad a lot of people know about his books because yes. they have helped a lot of freaking people, yes. but, um, the situation's a little different. So mm-hmm. yeah, but, um, we,
3: we went and saw the surgeon last week and he was like, <laughs> he was like, you don't have any pain on your right side.
1: Cause
4: it's
3: <laughs> real bad. <laughs> I was like, maybe just the left side is so much louder that I, I can't hear the right side. I don't know.
2: I do think pain tolerance is an acquired trait to some extent yeah and i think that long distance hikers in particular yeah. just have a kind of whether it's a learned or just innate trait it's just ability to kind of grit through it and not really think about it that much
3: and i will say it's easier now yeah. that i'm not working like when i was working yeah, it was totally. so it was hard much harder because i was dealing with pain all day long and doing my job which is dealing with tiny humans, you know, like it's, it's a lot of emotional mm-hmm. and physical energy. So now that I'm just dealing with my own pain, it seems much more manageable. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping great because sleep me, is uh, crucial. Yes.
1: Sleep is crucial. So, anyway. Um, we got to take a quick break before we have rigatoni on to talk about our trail of the month. So when we come back, we'll have rigatoni. It's a pretty cool trail of the month we've got for you. We'll just leave you in suspense. And we've got some audio clips from our European trail show correspondent, the German vampire. So don't go anywhere. This is John Z and I never listen to the trail show. All right, everybody. The trail show is back and we've got a couple items in the mailbag that came through in late May after our last live show was recorded and before June's bonus show. And now we're here. So we're going to read them now. Before I get into mailbag real quick, I just want to mention that I put out a 10th anniversary edition of my first book. I hike it cool. is. Yep. It's now got photos with each chapter. There's a couple bonus chapters in there. It's got a new preface, new cover, the whole bit. So is that a new author? Nope, same, <laughs> same crappy author, man. <laughs> but uh, oh my
3: god, that's amazing!
1: Next time you're pointing and clicking over at Amazon, you can pick up a copy for sale right now so enjoy the 10th anniversary edition as a
2: non-paid uh, correspondent i've read some most all yeah. of it. it's pretty good yeah i like it oh enjoy awesome it. awesome pretty good no faint, faint no i really enjoyed it, it. It's, it's, it's okay i mean no, it, i tell you what it's a book for the hikers if it's you're a hiker hikers, you're gonna ben. be like nodding yeah. and laughing more pages than not yeah.
1: it's for the peoples it's for the hikers That's right all right mailbag so our first letter comes from ebay And eBay says, Dear Trail Show, I happened upon your podcast in 2012 as I was preparing for a through hike of the John Muir Trail, which was only my second backpacking trip. I loved it from the start in spite of the gratuitous sound effects. On the John Muir Trail? I I guess so. Who knew?
3: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's a misplaced modifier right there.
1: The (laughs) The trail show continued to reinforce my dream to through hike the PCT which I completed in 2015 through the years since some of which have had less trail time than I would like. The trail show has been a joyful connection to the spirit of through hiking. Your humor has got me through a lot of tough times, including working as an ER nurse during the pandemic. Cheers to the trail show. Here's to the next 10 years of beers, trails, and nonsense. eBay. Thank you, eBay. Well, thank you,
3: eBay. That was a very lovely letter.
1: Thanks for being a nurse during the An pandemic. An ER
3: nurse. Good. Good God, Lord.
1: All right, and is... last, Whew. last but not least, we have a letter here from Frostbitten. Mm. Frostbitten says, first of all, I never listened to the Trail Show and all its blather about trails, beers, and now weed and tequila." <laughs> <laughs> However, after not listening to the trail show for many years, I am thrilled to say that I that I can now wear my backcountry jeans with confidence. True. Why you ask? How so? Well, it's because I, I now carry the Snow Peak Gigapower torch. It's lightweight and sets my jeans on fire in no time. According to its features, I can even use it while hanging upside down from my treeless hammock. Which really helps keep the smoke (laughs) from my blazing jeans out of my eyes. It it can be yours too for just $64.95 from your local REI. Wow. I looked forward to not hearing your gear review of the Giga Power Torch the next time I don't listen to the trail show. Happy Trails, Frostbitten. And Giga Power. Gigapower. None of the products mentioned or jeans burning is condoned or endorsed by the trail show podcast so
3: someone does need to do a side-by-side testing of various brands of jeans to see which ones give off the most btus and for how long and you know we well, need the, so, well we if need you have stats. your jeans
2: soaked in bacon fat i think they're probably going to give a more even burn
4: yeah
1: yeah, yeah possibly a more um it could be more flammable with the bacon vat we don't know yep. we haven't done the test we should send that out to p mags
3: yep he can go get his jeans at the army surplus just khakis yeah and burn his khakis
1: yep his by boonies. the way
3: i listened to the the gear show i re-listened to it because i was I had that was to. our
1: that was last month's show and which it was, was our like, first ever bonus show
3: i know every single time someone talked about a gear he's like well i just army surplus blah blah blah
1: how dare <laughs> you how dare no, you was, speak it, of the late Paul Magnanti it like was, that?
3: It was hilarious. It was very mags. It was great. Okay. okay. He's proud of his army surplus.
1: It's a lot Pat. cheaper. It's a lot cheaper than uh, yep. that daggone Cuban fiber renamed Dyneema something fabric things. Trail of the month. Uh, it looks like our good friend Rigatoni is chiming in.
3: Rigatoni. audio
1: looking sharp
3: man He's looking oh my god is, does he have gel in his hair
1: i hope so what rigatoni, is that who is the hell that are guy you? well i just started
5: hearing you so all those uh nice things that were being said um i i uh, i just now got them so yes to everything and
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> folks uh may remember rigatoni way back well Most recently rig joined us trail show number 77 way back in November of 2018. We interviewed Craig Pisco gully about the TGO challenge, but we were in Crested Butte that night at a spot rig and Kiki were house sitting at. So that was four years ago. Uh, And also for, for those that want to go way back, October of 2013, the Noodleheads joined us for trail show number 17. Whoa. To talk about their hike of Camino de Santiago, so if you really want to go back in time nine years ago, go check out Trail Show Seventeen.
2: Does that also feature some of those uh, top tens you did for a while? There? Yeah,
1: that was back in the top ten days. That was good stuff, man. Long time ago. Yeah. We, yeah. We, they
5: uh, the top tens have come and gone. We try to resurrect it, but I think you know our uh, our peak comedic years were in our our thirties <laughs> and forties. So uh, we. We We're retired now, now. but uh, yeah, we are retired from the top 10. So what you're saying is, is there's still hope for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. I said, pick I'll, up the mantle, go out, hike, think about it. And, uh, and you'll come up with some good
1: ones. Larry boy, I think you've been, uh, you've been given some homework. My friend we will yeah. we'll yeah, take sure. your top 10 list. Anytime you're ready, you just send them over to the trail show, send them to Dilo. He'll, uh, he'll have the admins and the, the interns process it and we'll be good to go. Tonight's trail of the month, technically it's the PCB, which is the Paonia Crested Butte hike route, but it's really more about figuring out how to get from point A to point B with some topo maps, with some apps, with your computer, just figuring out how to do this thing. So I, w- I guess Rigatoni, why did you want to hike from Paonia to Crested
4: Butte?
5: You know, we're through hikers at heart and we, uh, we've hiked, you know, the long trails and had a lot of fun doing that. And, um, you know, the, the idea just came up and I think from listening to the trail show a lot and hearing other people's ideas, um, the, the idea of a route or just creating, uh, you know, not necessarily have to, fo- having to follow somebody's Um, set plan, making up your own plan seemed very appealing to us. So um, we just started to have these ideas of uh, just hiking out our front door and going somewhere, or conversely, driving somewhere and hiking home. We've also done that. So that really appeals to us now to just piece together the trails and i think all our through hiking experience gave us the the tools to be able to now do that because it doesn't seem that daunting to go out and walk 500 miles of our own making because we you know we, we know how it works now we know how to get food we know how to get water we know where to you know all those things all those logistics are done um so i think that was the the beginning of it and and then living in the north fork valley near we've lived in crawford and paonia and uh we're near a lot of great stuff the west elks in particular and uh we have roots in crested butte and the idea of just walking crested Butte's about 55 miles from our front door so it's not a huge it's a four-day hike, okay. and four-day hike. yeah um,
1: and you actually did a, a four so four days from paying to crested butte then you spent four days in crested butte and then you yo-yoed back on the same route to Payonia? No, no, we no, no that would be boring. Route.
5: So you have, to, ah. you have to create a new route. So, Ooh. so so definitely trying to uh, piece together different trails and different things we haven't seen before, different passes, and just then trying to get home mm-hmm. um, was was the goal as well. So basically doing a loop, which which makes it a little more exciting. Always something new, and really getting to know our own backyard more instead yeah. of you know flying to you know georgia or flying to uh north carolina or somewhere to hike somewhere we don't know it's just getting to know our own backyard
1: how much were you on trail like was it a mix of trails and dirt roads
5: it was a real it was a goal of ours to 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 hike out the front door with our backpacks on and that's not necessarily easy to do so we hiked out our front door and so that took about six miles of road walking dirt you know like two miles of pavement and then four miles of dirt road to get the single track. And then after that, the other 48 miles was, was mostly single track, okay. uh, but it was really, it kind of gives you a, just a sense of accomplishment to walk out your front door and not have s- somebody drive you to a trailhead, which is easy to do. But if you're walking that far, another six miles is nothing. So it's an urban that, hike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In a way I have to put a pitch in. Uh, I, I should say I get, I get no money at all from maps.me. I don't know if anybody, mm. if, any, if any of the trail nation knows what maps.me is, but it's an app.
1: Uh, yeah. I used it a long time ago, man. I haven't used it in a while, but for doing this kind of hike, it is absolutely
5: invaluable huh. because um, you, you download the whole state of Colorado on your phone. And then, you know, it's mostly a driving app, you know, mm. like it'll drive and, and let you drive your car offline. but But for some reason, like almost all the trails are on maps.me. So you can um, you can look at all these trails and it has a great feature where you can map mileage on maps.me from point to point. So you can say you can pick a point, you know, on a trail and a junction, for example, and then you can pick another point, you know, that you're going to like you don't know how far it is. You just drop a pin and then you say, you know, what's the distance between those two points? And it measures trail miles, which is cr- yeah. critical because a lot of things yeah. measure just the flies, which is yeah. not helpful for the hiker yep. planning. So it measures trail miles, all the zigzags, all the switchbacks and all that stuff. And so at that point you can drop these pins back and forth and you can, you can make your route, um, with these pins that are dropped. And then when you're out hiking, you can then reference the pins you've dropped in creating your route mm-hmm. and, um, I don't know. It's an invaluable tool for creating that kind of route um, for, for one, for not getting lost. Cause a lot of the routes we go on, the trails aren't really used. We might be the first one on it in the season. The cows have braided it to a point where you can't really tell if you're on trail or not. Um, and, and maps.me will just let you know if you're left or right of the trail, you know, or if you're in the ballpark, which is all you really need to know if you, have yeah you know, totally. hiked the con- continental divide trail, you know, you just need to be in the ballpark of, the CDT and you're going to be okay. You're going to live. We couldn't have done this kind of route planning without maps.me. So
0: if, and if anyone free.
5: hasn't, it's free. That's why it's crazy. It's crazy free. It's, it works really well. Um, and then you can even drive with it cause it works offline driving. So you can use it in the mm-hmm. car uh, when you don't want to use cell service or you don't have cell service. Yeah. Uh, and like I know there's other apps work that way too, but this one just works really well for us. We know how to manage it. We know how to, um, so that, that's how we planned it was basically just mm-hmm. using maps big maps, you know, paper maps, and then putting all the pins on maps.me where our junctions were. Um, and then, then just what basically walk into those junctions and maps.me to let us know how far we had to go. And,
1: you know, if it was like 10
5: miles to the junction, we'd be like, all right, we'll get there at noon. And, mm-hmm. um,
1: what about water sources? <laughs> like, were you, I mean, did you have some prior knowledge of where your water <laughs> sources would be or did you use the app? Or no else.
5: I think our knowledge of the West Elks lets us know that water's everywhere, okay, so I, I mean, I don't even carry water. This is one of my crazy uh techniques that I probably should preface by saying, you should not do this, but I just drink along the way, mm. you know with the streams so and there, and in the West Elks of Colorado, the streams are everywhere and and you'll never die of thirst. So I don't know if I'd recommend it. I, I, don't, I don't think I would feel comfortable doing this kind of hike not knowing yeah. the water yeah. situation because obviously that'd be critical. But in, in Colorado and in, in these kind of mountains in June, July, August, water's everywhere. And we just drink it along. I just drink it along the way. Yeah. Um, was there
2: a theme of the out versus the back? Like was one a higher route and one kind of lower route? Or did you more or less pick it at random? there was a theme of
5: what haven't we seen in, in our area. Cause this is kind of our backyard and we hadn't seen a place called Yule lakes, for example, and we hadn't been over Yule pass. And uh, we hadn't been over a couple of, on the way out. So that, and, and also to create a loop uh, was a theme as well. Cause loops make me way more excited than out and backs. I'm, I'm all
1: about the loop. We were just talking about the loop. Uh, Larry Larry boy, Larry boy is a huge fan of the loop.
3: Yep, yeah, he told yeah. us that loops are the future of through hiking.
5: And even figure eights would be better. Figure eights, I mean, I'd go crazy for <laughs> figure eights. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the figure eight's tricky though because there's a temptation there right at the apex to be like, "Maybe I just make it a zero
5: you, Yeah, mm-hmm. and you'd have your you'd have your car at the center at the V8, obviously, and uh, ah,
3: I see. So, you yeah.
5: know, you get to uh, see your car three times. And you could Ooh. have all like supplies in there.
3: You could resupply yourself.
5: Resupply yourself. Yeah. You could you could, you could resupply yourself. Su- you could slack yourself. All
3: supported. Yeah.
5: Damn. But um uh, yeah, all but right. the loop that, that, was, that was that was that was important to do a loop out of the house. And um yeah. We never ended up making it to Yule Lakes because we were literally like six hundred yards downhill from the lakes, but lightning and thunder uh. made us not go any higher. And so it's yeah. still a unicorn for us.
1: Mm. What was the uh what was the bug situation back there, Rick?
5: It was it was pretty intense. yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> it,
5: Our our bug technique, I don't know if it, I should share this like Please. Is all we do is we we dry out wet ones. Uh so we you, you get a wet one and you dry it out. And then that's your like going to be your bug towel And then you just have like this little miniature bottle of like whatever deep or bends or whatever that stuff is, you know, in the orange bottle or whatever.
4: Yeah, yeah.
5: And if you just spray that dried out wet one with your, with the deep, that thing will cover just like one little, sp- you can just, cause it doesn't really take that much. You don't have to I be see. like, you don't have okay. to be fully covered with deep, but mm-hmm. like if they're getting you on your ankles and they're getting you on your hands, they're getting you on your, sh- on your neck. Um, so I just keep that little, Wet one with the small spray bottle, and and then you know we'll spray it in the you know, in the morning. Get it, get the spots. And but anyway, that wet one will last tip.
4: forever. So wait a minute. So
5: ever. wait, you
1: spray the wet one, and then you like dab the then wet you just one. Just dab, on and you can okay. even dab your
5: shoulders, like on your shirt. What? Okay, just to, but it'll it'll transfer. It'll transfer its nastiness that the mosquitoes will just leave you alone for hmm. you know that period. But it's a super light way to have that protection to keep sanity but I'm uh-huh. um, not have all the accoutrements. This
3: sounds like a very noodle head solution to an age old problem. I like it. this well, more
2: deep efficient than just like spraying it on your arm and then wiping it with your hand.
5: Yeah, I think, cause I think personally, and just from testing it, you just don't need that much. You just need like the smell of it and, and they'll avoid like that whole, the mm-hmm. whole area. So if you just kind of like dab your, your wrists or your shoulders or your neck or your, even your head or your forehead and not even get it like complete hundred percent coverage get it like five percent coverage
4: mm-hmm.
5: um it it'll keep them away enough to um
3: now let me ask you a question where do you keep this this wet one when it's not well I use? keep it in
5: a ziploc so it's okay. got its own like dedicated like nasty it doesn't melt lock. the ziploc no it doesn't wow um but it is like its own dedicated Ziploc that never yeah. will see another use and uh, that just stays in my, on my shoulder strap little ditty bag that I've got yeah. attached to my shoulder strap, but it's there for ready action. Because as we all know, when they come and they're there, it's like, oh God, you it's know, you got to do nightmare. something yeah. and it is a nightmare. It was bad out there. It was, and that was our solution. We've had a lot of moisture this spring yeah. and summer. So that's nice. And they're out there. And
1: What about now- the umbrella? I, I noticed you you sent me a photo of another thing you rigged up. With a trekking pole and an umbrella for like a rest break, I believe. What what was going on there? Oh, the umbrella.
5: What you know? I gotta I gotta give a shout out to you, Disco. That you are the original umbrella.
1: Man, I carried <laughs> an umbrella in 1999. <laughs> you on are? The AT, no word of a lie. And people gave me so much grief for that rig, and it just made me wanted to carry it even more. Oh, uh,
5: you could do a whole trail show on the umbrella. You really yeah. could they have
1: yeah and- <laughs> don't don't read ahead there might be a uh ask a hiker question about the umbrella later on in the show but but continue please no it's a um
5: it's obviously the number one use is for heat for me like it's yeah. it's great for rain because it, when it does rain you just put it up and it's like for 80% of the rainstorms it's that's all you need yeah um but for heat like it just drops the heat level when that sun's beaten down to a manageable level and um, yep. so a lot of people think umbrella rain but it, for me it's like more important for the heat yep. and you know secondarily it's like awesome for rain but i don't go i don't leave home without it and then i i have as my trail name suggests my trail name being rig it was first rigatoni but i shortened it since to rig because i just rig everything That's <laughs> <And>, true <laughs> yep and so i you know taking a break and the sun moves and all of a sudden it's blasting on you you don't want to get up Cause you're all comfortable and your stove set up or whatever, you know, I I rig with my trail pole, my trekking pole, I just, I I rig just a sunshade with a hair tie and the umbrella and just with one hair tie and the umbrellas tie, you can set up your own little like portable awning that will shade you anywhere
1: but like not while you're hiking, right? This is like when you're sitting or or is it for both? Well, no, well, no,
5: it that's for when you're sitting, but I mean, okay. obviously you can, you can hook up your umbrella when you're hiking and just yeah. strap yeah. it to your backpack. And I've got a little rig on my backpack. That'll clip it. uh That's mm-hmm. not purchased, but I know you can purchase them too. um And it'll just hold it there tight. Um, and I think you like to hold yours, right? You're more like a directional
1: umbrella. Yeah. yeah Cause I, I, I mean, I use my umbrella heavily on the azt during a warm spell where it was hitting like mid to upper 80s every day and the trail weaves in and out so much i found like i was constantly needing to to not only like move where the umbrella itself was but switch hands depending on which bend and which direction i was going and like i saw this um there was a hiker i ran into who also had a silver umbrella and it was stowed this was like during the hottest i was like you got the umbrella like do you not use it She was like oh she was like uh you know it won't stay put on my shoulder strap and i'm like you don't just carry it she's like no i, I want to use my hiking poles and i mean i get that like I, I i use hiking poles too i just stow one of the hiking poles when i'm using my umbrella but she didn't want to fool with it and I was melting out there. Like I would have died if I hadn't had that umbrella. And she was just, yeah, there's
5: a, there's some triage that needs to be done there with regards to heat stroke versus trekking pulse usage. Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
3: Now, rig. I think that the, the takeaway from this trail of the month is more about like inspiration of getting into your own local area and like figuring out some, some link together, some things you haven't done before or link together, some things you have done with things you haven't done, and finding new and creative ways to get to maybe nearby places that you want to go. Um, yeah, and that being said, I, I still want to hear a little bit about the route and like what were some of the highlights or places that you hadn't been to before that you want to now go back
1: to. Yule Lakes, well, <laughs> Yule Lake, is a, the
5: ephemeral yeah. challenge, but um, you know, I think it, there's kind of like a a paradigm shift. When you think about just walking from your front door, Mm -hmm. that, that I think is what I, the takeaway that I would like to give is like, you have all these trails that are set up, you know, that you could go hike, but you can also just walk to your mom's house. If your mom lives 300 miles away, Yeah, you know, like that's an option. And you, you know, if you, if you just get down with some of the computer apps that are out there and maps, you can, you Can do it that way, and that's actually like opens up a whole other world of mm-hmm. options. Which you know, at first we only had you know 15 or 18 options of trails, but now you know, now you have like infinite options of where you could, you know. So, we're already thinking like what we're going to do next. Like, it's like, oh, we're you know, we want to we have friends in Pinedale, Wyoming, yeah. right now, and oh, so yeah. like, well, we want we want to walk to Pinedale, you know, that'd be a lot on the Continental Divide Trail, but you know, it'd be a nice stretch to get there you know it probably go through you know Salida and uh yeah. see you guys Whoop, and head yeah. up north through there but yeah so it open I, I like how it opens up a world of uh possibilities with regards to where you can go cuz you don't have to have somebody create it for you you could just yeah you can just link it together yourself
2: the well, thing i think it does is it reduces the temptation towards snobbery You know, there are trails that, you know, aren't quite as scenic as the one that's maybe like 10 miles away. So you find uh, constantly find yourself going to the one that's 10 miles away. Whereas if you impose this artificial challenge on yourself, you kind of constrain yourself and maybe you go down a bunch of trails that you've never actually gone down before because you never thought to do it because, you know, they were like scenic, but not necessarily world class. And I think that in itself can be very valuable.
5: Definitely.
1: Well, and Larry, boy, I mean, on a macro scale, wasn't the route in between you figuring out how to connect a very large point A to point B distance wise?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's more or less not necessarily connect the dots exercise because as Rig will attest, there's a lot of creativity to it. Uh, But having constraints far from being an obstacle is often kind of a key part of the creative process
1: it's a challenge yeah very cool well rig thank you so much for coming on the show and uh we got to check out maps.me and we've got to
5: check out the pcb it's open
1: PCB's PCB. open for trail Wait, show
3: i want to call it the pbr
1: <laughs> the, the
3: panya to, to butte route
1: Ooh, even though it's like Butte's, like, Buttes you know, in Montana. I don't know. Hey, if you're
2: walking to Pinedale, just keep going, right?
3: Yeah. The
5: PBR.
1: Yeah. Well, you that's know, a, that's
5: a great name. You do get the name. I and mean, that's what's nice. And I think that, you know, like you know, like the the CBD trail would be Cresse Butte to Denver Trail, and it ooh. stops at all the dispensaries <laughs>
1: along the way.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like the thing there. Yeah. That could be something. Well, and you know Pinedale is the gateway to the Wind River High Route. So
5: Boy, if it, you lived in Pinedale, you could make this this should be your go-to way to, to explore the West. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, what are they called? I forget. The winds. Uh, the, yeah, the winds. The thank winds.
1: You. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Rig, um, yeah. thank you again for coming on the show. Let's let's not let it be another four years. Okay. No. Well, thank That's you. Our Sorry, fault. We
5: don't have a top 10 <laughs> ready for you. Uh, ah. I, I would encourage all your listeners to uh, to get out there and and explore some trails that they might not have thought otherwise from their front
4: door.
3: And if you live here in Colorado and you've never explored the West Elks, like I haven't really done that much out there, but I know they're beautiful. It's kind of inspiring to be like, oh, yeah, I I got to remember to like the San Juans are amazing right but so are yeah. the west Elks and they're closer and i don't go there so yeah this is a good reminder and you know to like I, check that out yeah it, it's
5: it's you know it's not like a 106 mile loop is that big a deal to the people that listen to this show right but i'll tell you this much if you're in Crescent butte and you walk there from paonia 53 miles and they're like hey what are you doing you're like oh we, we walked here from Crescent butte uh you get so many props, like people can't <laughs> believe it, you know, like they're, they freak out. Like yeah. you actually get almost more, you almost get more um, props for doing that than for hiking along trail. And I don't know why that is because people just can't wrap their head around walking. Well, so
3: close. Why yeah. Would
5: you yeah you exactly. know.
3: I'll, I'll also say, and I don't know if this was your experience when you were there, Rig. we, we were there at the same time, the, the noodle heads and myself and disco for a little while. I feel like that town is full, chock block full of like really exceptional athletes. The the teams, I forget what those are called, the the super teams, they're doing the crazy, all the stuff. You know, the, the biking and the the mountain yeah. biking and hand gliding. I don't know. There's some insane athletes in Crested Butte, but they're they're not hikers. You know, they're like exceptional trail runners. They're incredible mountain or bikers.
1: A, a, Olympic people chase finalists.
3: Yes. I mean, <laughs> skiers, all kinds of snow yeah. sports, everything. Yeah. But they're not, they're like the idea of like hiking and overnighting and then continuing to hike the next day. Hmm. It's something that
2: terrifies like, them. They're like,
3: no, that's what, what are you talking
1: about? <laughs> I know, yeah. That was my experience. Yeah. yeah. It's cool.
3: Yeah,
1: so. well, I give you map props, rig. For yeah, that's doing awesome. That loop, man,
5: that's well. Awesome. Uh, I appreciated you uh calling me and having me on the show. And uh, you know, if I impart the wisdom of map stop me on a couple people, that will be
1: time well spent.
3: I think maybe Disco and I need to walk to Almosa via the grace Traverse.
1: Well, and I, I was just thinking about that like, literally, seven miles from our front door is the start of the grace Traverse, yeah. which then goes south along the crest of the Sangre um song de christos to great sand national park and blanca peak right isn't that kind of where it yeah ends I but agree. it's a little difficult it, it is the, pretty difficult. The, the,
3: but we yeah. could walk we could walk to bv
1: we could take the rainbow trail beauty why be is it difficult gross. what's what's the
3: oh it's just here, like right? there, it, there's some sections that are um I mean Pepperflake bailed from a few sections because he thought they were too sketchy and you don't know Pepperflake, but if Pepperflake bailed
4: from a few sections <laughs> well, I'm definitely
3: not gonna try them. But also like weather's an issue because yeah, you're all up at like 12,000 feet. You're above
1: tree time. line a lot. Yeah so, so the other issue is water. There's, yeah, there's no, no water, water up on up the there. crest so and everything's steep. there's no flat ground on this route. so like any water you want, you got to bail off the ridge um any electrical storms you got to bail off the ridge hopefully and it's
3: not always safe to bail off the ridge yeah exactly it it, it could be really dangerous in lots of places like cliffs and stuff
2: so we have that kind of underscore underscores underscores rigs point like you kind of got to work with what you got you know like you can you traverse like something super knife edgy like the Sangres? like yeah sure it's technically possible uh but is that what the range itself really lends it to not necessarily. Yeah, not
4: necessarily. And to me,
2: that's like the exact point of what you did, right, Rigatoni? You know, you worked with the local trails and, you know, found things that you hadn't done before. Maybe it's not as, you know, headlinesy as traversing the top of the Sierra del Awesome. But, you know, <laughs> is it's is something that you have right in your backyard that you can do that makes yeah. sense with the terrain, that makes sense with your time.
5: Yes, definitely. Yeah. It even makes more sense now with, with gas prices. And, you know, we didn't even, we didn't have to, we did a 106 mile hike and didn't have to use a car. In fact, when we got done well, we did use a car, we, we didn't end at the same point. We didn't walk back home. We ended like 30 miles away from home on our loop, um, which I guess technically does not make it a loop, but we got a hitchhike with a full on like ambulance with paramedics and what everything wow. like, can you believe that this is like, I've had a lot of hitches and my best hitch ever was in the back of a pickup in a sofa. So that's what, that's what this had to be. I and was this there. ambulance, this ambulance hit beat the
1: sofa pickup truck. And this was a working ambulance, not a retirement. They,
5: they were rescuing uh, people that that night had got lost and overnighted and were hypothermic, but then didn't want to go to the hospital so what? they were leaving as we held up our sign that we had carried for 106 miles. that said, pay on And then when they saw our sign, as Angel Hair was taking it out of our pack, mm. they stopped. And they're like, you're going to pay on you. So are we. And we're like, yeah, but you're an ambulance. You can't. <laughs> like, there's got to be like. Where do you, do you, you up get up in the in the gurney
1: in the back? Like, where do you Angel ride?
5: sat on the patient bed that was covered in like mud because this guy <laughs> had like had like <laughs> slept under a tree all night, but then you didn't want to go to the hospital. And I sat on the little flat what? seat. And then the, the paramedic girl was in the back with us. And she told us all about life as a paramedic in Whoa. the 30 mile ride home. But I didn't know ambulance was, would stop for you and give you a ride. So there you go. Best oh hitch God. ever. Yeah. That'd be a That's good question cool. for trail users. Best hitch ever. That's got to be some great stories.
1: Yeah, we oh, should. trail to- show hotline. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right, we're going to put it out there right now. Call the 69 hotline and tell us your best hitchhiking story on trail. Sorry. Best or worst, you know, higher. They're the high same, lows. aren't they?
5: Oh, aren't no, they? they? Nope. they are the same. No, because the ambulance, that was the best and the best. Yeah. There
1: was no worst about it. Dang, that's so. phenomenal. <laughs> anyway. All right, Rig. Well, thanks thank again. you. Yes, man. And uh, we will be in touch soon.
5: Thank you for bringing me into the Zoom generation. This was quite a a technological advancement for the uh, Noodlehead household.
1: All right, man. Have a good evening. I don't even know how to leave. Oh, I see.
5: Okay, I'm going to leave you
1: now. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Adios. All right. All right. We got a couple of clips from the German vampire, who, as I mentioned earlier, is our European uh, trail show correspondent. And he's out hiking again this summer as the German Vampire is now known to do. German Vampire, clip one.
0: Hey Trail Show, this is the Vampire, official European con- correspondent of the Trail Show. This year I'm going to do the GTA. Dilo, this was your time to make a stupid video game reference. The GTA is a grande traversale delle. Alpi in Italy, some 600 miles. If you want more information, go to the really nice blog, Doing Miles, uh, from Amy and what's his name. And yeah, looking forward to that. I keep you posted and I really enjoyed the last show. Keep the tequila supply for POD going. POD, please stay drunk during the show. You were hilarious. Vampire, out
3: uh I would uh, like to keep the tequila supply going. However, I'm now on these nerve blockers, so it's going to be a couple of months before I can drink again. But rest tequila. assured, when I do drink again, it's going to be tequila out of control.
1: Larry to- boy, did you know that
2: tequila in your bathtub before? Oh, oh
3: yeah, Ooh, yeah. several people have done that. Yeah, yeah. Fine trail tra-
2: trail trail tradition.
1: <laughs> Larry boy, who was the the gentleman's name that he was oh james up. and amy james and amy boom bam yeah no, okay. they got
2: a killer uh killer site it does some really cool stuff you haven't checked oh, them, okay. out I'll have to check Do. them out
4: yet all right i we think have i a... used their
2: like really really grainy, gpx track for the oregon coast trail let mm-hmm. me down a few wrong paths but did the job so thank you
1: guys good enough yeah all right here comes clip two from the german vampire
0: Hey, Trail Show! This is The Vampire, official Italian Trail Show correspondent for this summer. I just started four days ago in Switzerland, and now I'm walking through Italy on the GTA, the Grande Traversale delle Alpi. I'm now walking next to a gorge, 200 meter vertical drop, and there's a nice blue river down there, beautiful alpine pastures and forests. And on my trail there's plenty of sheep's droppings and it smells like sheep. And I hope to place my tent on an alpine meadow in the evening between a lot of beautiful flowers. And good news for you hikers who plan to go to Italy. Here in Italy for starters you get noodles. Really huge plate of noodles and then comes the main dish and then uh the sweets and then espresso and then five schnapps and then you're good to go so italy is great so far and that was my trail update greetings to trail show nation keep on going vampire out
1: wow did you notice he described a multi-course meal on trail there in europe POD? you can
2: get that oh, in Little idaho too you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like frozen pizza frozen corn dogs and twinkies
3: and pibbers
1: three courses yeah plus beer four courses yeah in europe man they don't mess around like you you have a proper meal there's no fast food there's no frozen stuff there's no like pre-packaged crap that we have man i would
2: not do well hiking in europe
1: it's difficult man where's my little debbies yeah i mean pod and i finally just like when we were hiking the gr11 in spain we finally just like Gave up trying to get a quick meal, <laughs> and we'd sit. We'd like go have lunch, and like the quickest thing we could find is a seven course meal mm-hmm. for lunch, that involved two different, like a bottle of wine. And what's the stuff they serve afterwards? Mm-hmm. Is it sort of like champagne, or is it something else? Kind I don't know. Cava? Um, yes. no. so yeah, the
3: kava, The
1: cava. Okay. Oh, yeah. was it? I yeah, thought, yeah. I thought Kava was something that you get in Fiji that like, uh, you know, makes you feel like one with the world. No, no. that's, no, that's, <laughs> that's a different sort of feeling. Uh, Larry boy, I can, I'll talk about that later, but, um, yeah, where are we? German vampire two clips. Thank you. Vampire keep us posted. Um, yes. hoping to get an update from Skittles. I kind of hit him up last minute. Um, if I do get an update, I will insert it in right here.
6: Hey, Trail Show Nation, this is Skittles reporting to you live from the Snowbird 5000. Um, I think the last time I called in, I was way back down in southern Ohio, and things were kind of flat and not too interesting, but I've managed to make it all the way across the Mackinac Bridge into the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and the trail has gotten pretty cool again. Uh, We went to um, Taquamenon Falls, which is... Kind of like Cumberland Falls, except for the water is this reddish-yellow root beer colored. And then I hiked along Lake, Lake Superior for a while and then just went through Pitchard Rocks, which is an amazing park with different cliffs and stuff dropping off right into Lake Superior. Met a eastbound North Country Trail hiker named Soda. Um He's from Minnesota, so I don't know if Soda, even though it's S-O-D-A, if that's a shortened version of that or where that name came from, but he's doing a complete through hike of the NCT, so it's fun to meet up with him in Pitchard Rocks. We haven't seen too many other long-distance hikers out here. In fact, I usually when people ask me where I'm going on this trail, I'll just tell them I'm doing whatever I'm currently doing because it's too much to explain what the whole snowbird is. and if I tell people I'm going from Key West to Angle that it just leads to a long conversation, which is generally not what I'm looking for. So like when I ran into people in pictured rocks and they asked how far I was hiking, I'd be like, well, I'm hiking across pictured rocks. But um, almost halfway through the Upper Peninsula, and then I'll be on to Wisconsin and Minnesota, back kind of near home territory for me, and I'll be able to see some family and relatives as I get closer to that area. I've done about 3,700 miles and have about 1,300 left to do. Heading all the way up to Angle Inlet, and i uh, getting closer. I'll talk to you next month, Skittles.
1: All right. Hopefully that you just heard a clip from Skittles. Um, I can neither confirm nor confirm that that's what happened. All right. Pod, let's should do our we donors? Yeah, let's talk about our donors. Did anyone? Sling a few yeah. Bitcoin at the trail show this month.
3: We got so many Bitcoins now. Mm. Uh, let's see. We've got wow. Gummy Bear, Not Fuss.
1: Hey. Peace. Oh,
3: thanks for the beer. The Smoke It If You Got It. Dank. Bowman. Cottonmouth. Pinkerstein.
1: Hey, now, Vermont.
3: Pasta as big as your beer delivery.
1: Forget about it.
3: Lost Balls. Quality. Vermont. Love Lady. The weekend. Hustler. The Bouncer.
0: Brute,
1: Brute.
3: raw the haggis addict. I need it. Chickpea and honeydew, not Tim. Codette, switch and the big meat popsicle. Pecker, meat, beef <laughs> Felipe, Geode, Robin, Sheboygan Brewing, hey now, die, merchant, Fungu. how Garbs. Lemuel? Thank you for the coffee once again. Nuclear Farmer. Narmer. Compass. Kill Bill.
1: Kill Bill Cottrell.
3: Yukon Caboose. Phantom. The Hooch. Robber. True Love. Iron Triangle. Iron trigger Pocket Protector. Ding Terminator. Ding. Stingray. Maverick. El Hacador,
6: El Hacador,
3: Pangent. Piper. Leocri. Flash. Fancy Mac. Swept Away. And our newest Lost VIP balls. monthly is Larry Boy Jack. No, Jack. Thigh high Billings.
1: Thigh high. Ooh, thigh high. I like that. Boom, bam. That's right. Thank is you. Are referring to
2: like really bad postholing?
1: Ooh.
3: I'd like to think. I'd like to think other things.
0: So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thigh high would be a good name for someone that postholes a lot. Yeah, I, that's I was, true. I was waist-deep post-holing in early June on Georgia Pass, which is why I stopped my CT hike in Breckenridge in early June.
3: Yeah, the way, Georgia I think Pass. David Vitti has a different trail name, by the way, and I forgot to update. I think it's him.
1: Come on, he's our beard donor. How do you not have I know, someone I discovered trail name?
3: has a different trail name, and I forgot to, I'll have to s- s- scan my emails hmm. or just talk about scanning my emails again next month and not Perfecto. actually update
1: Perfecto. <laughs> Well, we need to take another break and then okay. we can come back and button her up. We've got some of our uh, favorite segments. We've got a trail tip from Larry Boy, maybe. Um, we've got Ask a Hiker with P.O. Dilo. And I've got an Ask a Listener question that okay. I really need Trail Nation's advice on. Go get a beer or a beverage, and we'll see you in a few. This is Trevor, smoke it if you got it, Bowman, and I never listen to The Trail Show. And we're back. And Larry Boy has a trail tip this month. All right, Larry Boy, what's your trail tip?
2: All right. So let's just suppose, just for as a hypothetical, that uh, you wish to rid your water of some unpleasant nastiness that can potentially make, make you sick. Not sure why you would want to do that. Let's just suppose, for the sake of argument, that you do. Now, there's kind of two, I guess, a few approaches, right? There's chemicals, there's water filters, you know, there's plenty of them. One thing that has fallen out of favor in recent years is chemicals, specifically the Aquamira drops that we all used to use, like rock and margar. In 2004,
1: <laughs> that is all I used on my Pacific Crest Trail through hike.
2: Yes. These days, just, years ago, <laughs> they're just not as common.
3: Yeah.
4: but
2: I'm still kind of a holdout, and I know plenty of people who still are. Particularly if you're grumpy and don't like people on your lawn, like me. Yeah. Um. So the problem with Aquamira drops in specific is that there's two different bottles. Like there's part A, and then there's part B, part and you have B. to mix the little two together. Mm-hmm. Um. And what often happens is people lose part A or part B, and, like, one of the little bottles is no good without its friend, right? So you want a way to keep them all together. So you could do something dumb, like put them both in a Ziploc, or you could physically (laughs) tape them together. But it gets better because you need a place to carry your duct tape anyway, to fix your feet, to fix your gear, to whatever. Mm
4: -hmm. And,
2: like, putting around your trekking poles, that just gums up and gets nasty and gets beat up right and why would you want to add weight to things that you're carrying in your hands and you can't put it around your water bottle i guess which does work but the Aquamura bottles are exactly the height of a width of a piece of duct tape you just wrap that puppy three or four times around the two little bottles doesn't impact their squeezability one bit and you've got all the duct tape you need and if you make it orange you'll never lose your uh, water treatment method you do, the only thing with chemicals, obviously, is you have to worry about running out. But sure. on the other hand, you don't have to worry about what I call the pro, the pocket knife problem, which is anything that I can't fix with a pocket knife in the backcountry, I ought not to be relying on. Mm. So I don't rely on my phone. I have paper maps. Right. Um, I use obviously have a phone too, right? But the other, I can't fix like software glitches with a pocket knife yeah. and a little threads of duct tape. I also can't fix a frozen, cracked, jammed filter in the backcountry. Sometimes you can backflush it, but there's a sure. lot of ways you can screw up your filter, and you're just toast. <laughs> right. So for me, like wow. yep. chemicals are just like the lowest, the lowest impact solution that kind of annoys me the least. And okay. frankly, it takes you ten minutes to filter water anyway. You know,
1: yeah, especially really. when your filter's always clogging. You Bingo! Boy. especially you hike on the
2: colorado plateau and you're drinking a lot of nasty you know silty water Arizona or you're drinking too. towel water basically mm-hmm. a lot of the fun places just have kind of yep. sediment laden water shall we yep. call it yeah and at that point i'd rather just my body be the filter rather than my filter get clogged constantly yeah so i don't know it's not for everybody but it works for me and if if you do use uh the drops just keep your duct tape wrapped around the drops and uh, Mm. you'll never lose one of them again.
1: That's a great idea. It is a great idea. And I may be using it very soon. Anyway, I'm still trying to hold off on talking about why I have Giardia right now until later in the show, but we're we're getting there. Um, All right, that was a trail tip from Larry Boy and OutCue Music. P.O.D., did you... Did you have any Ask a Hiker questions this month?
3: Yeah, I did.
1: Were these for Dilo or for you?
3: Well, they're for the whole trail show. Very good. Question number one. Dear Trail Show, I was listening to the bonus show that was re-released last month. Both POD and Disco went on and on about their silver umbrellas, Snore. Now that some time has passed since the recording of that episode, I wondered if you were still so enamored with those silly looking things. Thanks, Full Fat. Not to be confused with Woe Fat.
1: Yeah, Woe Fat from the recently canceled hit TV show, Hawaii 5 Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, it's interesting because Rigatoni actually talked about the umbrella tonight.
1: He did. You know? And we already kind of like, you know, went on and on about how much we still love it.
3: You know, I've been going for midday walks um, just because with my back situation, I actually have to walk a couple times a day. Um, otherwise, I end up in loose. Some pretty significant pain. Um, I just walk like a couple of miles. And for the most part, so far this summer, it's been nice. But here lately, it's been pretty hot, um, even by like 10 in the morning. So I've been using my silver umbrella walking in town, mm-hmm. looking like an old granny out there <laughs> going for my midday
4: walk.
1: Well, and like Riggy said, um, we tend to use it more for heat than for rain. Yeah although i will say i just did a four-day hike from Cochitopa pass to spring creek pass on the cdt and i used it more for rain than for heat but i actually used it for both yeah so it does double duty i mean in in matter of fact in about a one hour span i was a, kind of in some willows above tree line no shade i got down to san luis pass i'm hiding under my umbrella because it's so damn hot and there's no shade and within one hour there was a lightning and thunderstorm and pouring rain so i just remained in the willows but now i'm using my umbrella to yeah. like keep the the other thing i'll say is like disco why are you using an umbrella in a lightning storm that's that's horrendous so don't quote me on this but i have a carbon fiber a silver umbrella so Maybe carbon it's fiber better? does conduct electricity. How, how do you know that, Larry? Boy, is because that because I was
2: looking at my carbon fiber fishing rod literally yeah. three days ago okay. and it said, Don't use this in an electrical storm.
1: Oh boy, well, I guess I got so
4: it. I mean, need
3: to get involved here, it's <laughs> well, probably not... less conductive
1: than you know, certainly, than holding I'm up in a, in a metal striking yeah. pole yeah. straight in there. Well, I will also say, I was tucked in the bushes so. I, the bushes were higher than the umbrella, so I wasn't the highest thing in that area. Yeah. But anyway, do not take lightning advice from me. or Well,
3: and carrying an umbrella is not a defense against lightning. No,
1: put it no, it, it might actually make things worse for you. So don't do what I do. Do other things. Um, but, do, but do we still love the silver umbrellas, BOD?
3: Yes, I do. I love mine.
1: Do you still take it on every hike you go on?
3: Mm, for the most part i don't take it on hikes where i'm going to be scrambling and stuff
1: yeah you know what i i did a i did a week in arizona in march and i didn't take it because i Mm -hmm. looked at the weather forecast there was no rain in the forecast for like uh, the whole month and the temperatures weren't getting out of the 70s so i was like not going to rain probably not going to be too hot i don't need it so i didn't take it and it worked out but yeah,
3: that's what that's what I would say. It's weather dependent.
1: Yeah, it is. And
3: and if I'm doing scrambly stuff, like I kind of doesn't matter if it's gonna rain, like
1: yeah, I'm gonna need my hands. So Larry Boy, have you ever used the umbrella on the I'm of
2: kind of an, a reluctant umbrella user, uh, so mm. I don't really like them. Okay. Um, but I see the value in them. So there's a section of the route in between that's mm-hmm. like the Great Divide Basin, but about I don't know, 2,000 feet lower and consequently Oops. hotter. Um, And you go through around the same time of year, you know, like July okay. time frame. And like you're just going to be miserable if not in danger yeah. without that thing. Yeah. So like, you know, is it my favorite thing in the world? No, just kind of you know, it's a giant sail that I have to carry around and get hugged every <laughs> which away by the wind.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: But you know it works. Or you know, if rain is in the forecast, I was out in my local range, winters. Uh, this past Mm -hmm. weekend and rain was in the forecast as it often is during summer monsoon season so yeah you know i carry the umbrella i consider it worth it because i'm pretty sure i'm gonna get rained on but i don't carry it anytime i don't really think i need it i don't really enjoy carrying one per se i will say this i think a lot of hikers especially on long trails fail to take advantage of the u.s postal system i don't know if you guys remember like I don't know, millions of years ago, people would oftentimes have a winter sleeping bag and then a summer sleeping bag on like the AT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the advice was always mail yourself your sleeping bag in Parisburg, yeah. I think, because Damascus, yeah. whatever. You can still do that. Like, that's not just one thing that you can only do on one specific trail. So, like, if you want to carry a poncho tarp through New Mexico on the CDT and then fish switch to a full shelter once you get to Colorado, do that, you know?
4: Yeah. Like yeah.
2: Use the right tool for the job. It doesn't mean that you have to have like a giant overflowing gear closet. Like I don't really like gear. I Yeah. All my gear is like at least five years old. But, you know, I bring the right tool for the job. So, you know, mail yourself that silver umbrella in, I don't know, campment, Wyoming. Sure. Or, you know, mail it home from Kennedy Meadows on PCT. Right. Whatever it is, you know, just use the right tool for the job. You don't That's have to right. carry it for all 2,000 miles. Right. Just use it on the spot that you need it.
1: Makes sense. All right, Petey, any other questions? Uh, Yeah,
3: question number two is pretty relevant. And we've we've actually kind of talked about this a little bit already. Uh, Deal trail show. I recently had a summer adventure ending injury, torn ACL. And I, as I think about getting past this injury, it will take me into fall and then winter. I'm wondering how to think about being ready for next season. Any advice on what to do over the winter and how to get myself strong again for next season? Cheers, trunk show. And I mean, I I think that we had a conversation about this earlier in the show, how like you do what you can. Yeah. And also you, I think you have to, you have to be ready to shift your expectations a little bit, especially depending on your age. There are some injuries, like any injury to your foot, to your knee or to your hip specifically could alter your outdoor adventuring for the rest of your life? Maybe not, but could, um, because those are major weight-bearing um, joints and areas that are crucial for, for hiking. I have a back injury, and it seems like the surgery could um, fix my back, and if it heals correctly, should be 100% for the foreseeable future, but it might not happen that way you know, I look, I look at this question and I don't know the age of this person or what their their style was before the injury. But like, here's what I'll say about myself. Last summer, I was on top of the world. I finished the 14ers with some pretty difficult traverses. I had a day in the Maroon Bells Wilderness that I did four peaks in four days and went over Buckskin Pass twice in two days, which included 17 and 14ers each of those days. I mean, I felt incredible and I felt invincible and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all those things. And, and here I am, like my excitement is walking up the exact same every morning and then walking on the sidewalks in town in the middle of the day and sometimes going for a walk in the evening. And I'm okay with that. I'm not complaining because I am very grateful to live in a place where I have access to trails right out my door. And yet I'm not doing all the things that I would normally be doing in the summertime. And I'm acutely aware of that. And I'm also aware of the fact that I may not ever be able to do trail running anymore based on the structure of my back. I may have to change the way that I do hiking. I used to hike up to Alpine Lakes or hike up 14ers and then bomb down them, you know, even jogging parts of them. And I may not want to do that anymore because I could compromise what's going on in my back. And, and like my, my, I'm in a similar situation. I don't know when my uh, surgery is going to be yet, but the take it easy portion after the surgery is six weeks. And so certainly that will take me into if at least early fall, if not late fall. Yeah. So like my, my trying to get strong again is going to come at the hardest time for me to get strong, which is in the winter time. Cause I'm not a winter athlete. But I mean, my approach is going to be, I'm going to do what I can when, when things are not icy and, and crazy, I'm going to try to go walking as much as I can Mm -hmm. do the things that I know are good for my particular injury. You know, if you have a knee injury, I think um, stationary bikes are good for the winter time. Um, I don't know what to say about foot injuries, but I'm going to do what I can do at a pace that's healthy for recovery. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm really going to think about. And where that puts me in the spring in some ways is up to me and like how disciplined I am to getting my strength back. And some of it falls on how does my body heal from this? Like there are some things you cannot control. You can't control. I have a friend who had a torn ACL, got surgery, and then they're like, it's not healing the right way. We're going to redo it.
1: Yeah, after after three months, right? Yeah, after three months of recovery,
3: they're like, we're going to have to redo it you got to start over from zero. Like you can't control that. And she was doing all the stuff that she was supposed to be doing. Mm. Um, So I'm going to do what I can do. The things that I know are good for me. I'm not going to do the things that I know are bad for me. And I'm going to hope for the best. And when winter comes and it's hard to exercise because I'm not a winter athlete, I'm just going to do what I can. And, and then I'm going to adjust my expectations the spring Mm -hmm. and and just be so thankful that I'll be able to get out and do more than what I've been able to do this summer.
1: Yeah. And show, I would just say like with ACLs, I mean, you already know they take a while to heal. I've heard anywhere from like four to six months is typical. Do everything your doctor and your PT tells you to do as far as, and tells you not to do because you do not want to re-tear. Uh, an ACL that's already been torn. So yeah, follow instructions to a T. Larry, boy, would you? I mean, do you have anything to add to it? You're kind of like you've been you've been in the zone for a little while now.
4: Yeah, I would.
2: So I think uh, so. Your example, part of the uh, person who had to get their ACL redone.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I have a, a friend who did a 20 mile day hike with me six months after getting his ACL done. We still call it the day of death. It may have not been the best choice, but, you know. Um, Mm. But, you know, it's very complete, very successful recovery. That's the story, too. What I would say is this recovery is not a straight line. Yeah. Like, we kind of visualize it as, but, like, you know, I've got a foot thing, right? It's got good days and it's got bad days. It can feel on top of the world one day and, you know, the next day it can hurt to, you know, walk to the fridge you have to give yourself kind of a little grace when it comes to that. You have to realize that not every day is going to be a smooth linear progression, mm-hmm. but as long as the overall trend is in the right direction, yeah. you kind of like POD said, you work with what you got, you know, you, you'd be grateful for it. You know, your natural kind of like drive to do fun things with your body will carry the day, as long as you kind of keep a good attitude and don't get too far in your own head.
4: Cool.
1: All sounds good to me. Anything else, POD?
3: I think that's it.
1: All right. So now we're going to flip the script. And instead of ask a hiker, I am going to ask the listeners, because I need some advice. I've been distance hiking for 23 years now. I've used every type of water filtration under the sun. On the 1899, I used is a company called Safe Water Anywhere that had like a one liter squeeze bottle thing, which was like brand new. Nobody had seen this kind of filter before. Um, also used a pump filter in 2004. I used Aquamera on the PCT entirely. That's all I used in 2006 on the CDT. Pewdie, what did we do? We had a combination of things, didn't we? Didn't we have like Aquamira? and
3: i i create a water filter
1: you did you had a was it a pump filter like an mm-hmm. old school yeah, yeah it, was. it was all right and then in 2008 i don't even know what we used on the pcd it was not the we, we did not Aquamera. have think yeah i think we did use aquamira the whole way and more recently i've used sawyer squeezes i've used um actually different different types of sawyer filters um anyway most recently So last fall, I hiked three weeks on the Muggy on Rim. I started with the Sawyer Squeeze, but I always have Aquamira as a backup because what I've found is that hollow fiber filters clog. And I'll just throw out there that I hike in places like what me and Larry Boy were talking about earlier, sediment in the water, pulling out of cow tanks, pulling out of stock tanks, sometimes muddy water. Like you don't get to pick and choose your water sources. the desert Southwest. A lot of times I will add though, that I pre-filter everything through like a little, um, nylon tea bag that has like a micro mesh. So everything goes through that first and then it goes through the filter, but a week into my three week hike, I clogged my filter and I finished that hike with Aquamira. Fast forward to March. I was like, I want to try something new. I got a platypus quick draw, had high hopes for it. I clogged it in three days. Again, hiking in Arizona, questionable water sources, clogged it in three days, um, tried to back flush it, didn't really work for me, switched to Aquamera. So was just like, huh, took the platypus quick draw back out on the CT first week of June, clogged it in four days, finished with Aquamera. You know, and here's the thing, I used Aquamera 18 years ago, like I I keep trying to tell myself that water treatment technology has advanced in 18 years, and that I don't have to use the thing I used 18 years ago. Also, I've actually used just straight bleach drops of bleach. I use that on the JMT and O2 makes your water tastes like city water. It's cool. not the yeah. best. Yeah, it tastes like a pool. So fast forward to 10 days ago I did a four-day stretch on the Colorado Trail and actually I used um, a different filter that I'm not going to name because I can't say definitively that the filter failed and gave me giardia but I can tell you that um, I have giardia and I'm being treated for it right now and I knew the symptoms immediately because I've had giardia before and um, if you've had giardia you know (laughs) You can also, you can also submit a stool sample and they'll confirm it. But, um, so trail show nation, I need some advice. I, I don't know how to treat my water apparently. And all these things that I keep trying, they all have downsides. The filters I use clog back flushing doesn't get them back to where they need to be. I don't want to spend Five minutes at every water source, squeezing a thing as hard as I possibly can to filter one liter of water. When the box says this should take twenty seconds per liter, I'm done with that. So, do not recommend any hollow fiber filters to me because I will ignore them. I don't. I don't want anything to do with hollow fiber filter technology. Also, I know. I know about Aquamira. I don't want to wait for my water when I'm thirsty. I want to drink. So, don't recommend Aquamira um I don't enjoy the taste of iodine I don't enjoy the taste of straight bleach I don't want to carry something really heavy and electronic that could break so maybe don't recommend something that's heavy electronic and that could break so what do I do trail show nation my email is disco at the trail show.com send me your recommendations I'm all ears and I'm desperate for something (laughs) that I can treat my water with successfully and not get Giardia because Giardia sucks. I still don't know what I'm going to take with me on my next hike. And that's where you come in. So I need advice.
3: You get what you get and you don't pitch a fit.
1: Well, Giardia sucks. I, I do kind of pitch a fit when I get Giardia, <laughs> but yeah, I think
2: it, you should just carry all your water with you <laughs> on a five month hike. As so, one man suggested, I do on the CVT.
1: So yep. h- hundreds of pounds of water, or maybe just cash water, you know, spend like a month caching water for a, a month long hike. That way I actually
2: be... take a room sized trailer full of food and water with me <laughs> on all long hikes.
1: I could do like a pull behind cart, you know, like a pole in
2: this area. That's
1: true. Oh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, you know, and then there's dip and sip, like I've got friends that dip and sip. Every water source, and they never get ill. And I'm jealous of those friends. And unfortunately, I, I try to filter things, and I get giardia. So, yeah, I need help. Help me, Trail Show Nation. That's all I got.
2: Here's raising a glass to you, this. Uh,
1: enjoy that beer. Um, can't drink alcohol while you're on flagell. So I'm I'm on a cleanse right now, Larry boy. No alcohol yeah. and losing a few pounds in the process.
2: <laughs> the one and only time I've gotten GRDS when I actually ran out of Aquamira because running theme of the show, I'm a bit of an idiot and it was in the Frank church. So it was fine. Okay. It's not like you're going to drink any alcohol in the Frank church. No, except I met three people in the Frank church and once you know, every single one of them. First question out of their mouth. Hey, you want a beer? Oh, there's nothing I would like more of course, than a beer. because of the rafters. Yeah. Well, oh, you know, homesteaders. You know, Forest Service employees. That's true. Yep. Packers. You know. So, so were you, back just, there.
1: were you just drinking straight out of water sources because you ran out of aquamer?
2: Yeah, I drank Funny. out of some cow water and
1: you know, price.
3: Funny story. Ooh. Um, I sent Larry Boy my maps. Um, for Idaho from.
1: Yeah. The ict i don't remember where that was a great
3: i don't remember where where i had maybe from the way. i don't remember anyway so there was this one spring that was incredible oh my god it was like nearly three feet deep ice cold and it's hot in idaho it was mm. ice cold giant water crystal clear i mean it was naomi and i were trying to to each drink at least like a liter and a half and we couldn't because it was so cold like we were getting ice cream headaches you know the notes said such and such reporter from whatever year reports they got giardia from the spring and i was like
4: when we got there i was like
3: there's no way you get giardia from the spring this spring is incredible and so i had put a note i'd put notes so i had the map set and i think you didn't have them larry boy like you couldn't print them or whatever But then I also put all these little post-it notes and notes on my maps all over the place. And this is, I'd sent them not knowing that he had Giardia when I sent them. So that was just a coincidence. So there was this comment and it was like, this is BS. That guy probably just took it and didn't wash his hands very well afterwards. And so Larry boy is like recovering from Giardia, gets to the spring and sees my note. And he was like, this is a little too close to home.
4: It was a
3: little too early. Too early but if you remember,
2: <laughs> I drank that. Yeah, I most definitely drank
3: that. Oh,
1: but you already God, had giardia book. before that. I figured right?
2: the damage was done. At
1: yeah, that I mean, there's got to be a window where you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> Maybe Plus I'm after, in that window
2: you know, right eight now. Days of pooping your pants in the rain. I was passed. Oh, right?
3: Yeah, God. I can't even imagine. And in the Frank Church, man, that is fine. in the brush. You know, you it's
2: walk so through awful. The, the you know these nasty overgrown trails. And every single leaf that you brush against, which is billions of them, all just rain a copious amount of water down. Yeah. on You, so you get or soaked washed. from all directions. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and there's lots oh, yeah. of places where, now we're digressing here, but you can't see your feet. Oh, yeah. You know, you can feel the trail underneath, but you can't see your, your feet. So anyway, it was kind of funny because I wrote that note, not knowing that anyone would ever see that note and then i ended up sending my maps to larry boy who just so happened to be recovering from there you go quick shout out to my boy our boy clay jacobson who indeed is on the cdt right now heading southbound so if you happen to be a listener in montana along the cdt you need to follow at fantasy metal hero figure out where you can intercept him Bring him lots of trail magic at the next road crossing. He likes his beer cold and tall, and maybe put him up in your your cabin for a couple
1: days. Put him in the shed. All right. We want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Larry Boy for guest hosting with us tonight. Come back anytime, Larry Boy.
3: Yeah, it was great to have you tonight. Pleasure to be
2: here. I'm. Uh, I'm glad I can be your Florida Trail. Substituting the off season when uh, the the real (laughs) attractions aren't around. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I like the I love the Florida Trail.
1: It was your favorite long trail, (laughs) right, Larry Boy? I can't quite say that, (laughs)
2: but it wasn't my least favorite. All
4: right, there there you go. There you
1: go. Big ups to special guest Rigatoni. For joining us again and talking about his DIY PCB hike from Pena to Crested Butte. Many thanks to all our hotline callers. The hotline will be back on for next month. You too can be an audio superstar by calling the hotline at 720-893-2269. Big thanks goes to German Vampire for those updates and possibly Skittles. We still don't know yet. Well, thank you him anyway, He's in the up of michigan he's making oh, tracks on the snowbird route he's getting either, eh? he's getting closer and closer to minnesota there you know he's gonna have a, a seven course meal a six pack of linies and a pasty <laughs>
2: that's keweenaw brewing
1: keweenaw last yeah. but definitely not least thanks goes to all our monthly donors you are the fuel that keeps this podcast chugging along you too can join our esteemed list of trail show VIPs by heading over to paypal.me slash the trail show or by clicking the paypal button at the Thank show.com sometimes
3: david viddy and craig gully will be reviewing those beers next month
1: yes we will sometimes we are on social media at twitter slash trail show instagram and facebook at the trail show we're on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you download your favorite shows Another trail show has come and gone, but don't fret. We'll be back in August for National Relaxation Day on the 15th, which is guaranteed to be full of beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, I'd like to leave you with some words from Jeffrey Leon Bridges from the 1998 Coen Brothers film entitled (laughs) The Big Lebowski. (laughs) F*** it, dude. Let's go bowling. For P.O.D., D-Lo, Triple O, Larry Boy, and Rigatoni. I'm Disco. Ciao.
2: Sometimes you eat the bar. (laughs) Sometimes Sometimes the bar bar eats you. you. I do actually hope that your listeners... uh...
1: Gutters and strikes, man. Ups and downs. (laughs) (laughs) That's how my months... That's how our months have been. Gutters and strikes. Yeah, I've been a lot of
2: gutters recently. A lot
1: of gutters. A lot of... Ups and downs, man.
2: I do hope your listeners actually call in with a bunch of uh, hitchhiking stories. Those are always a uh, big time.
1: Oh, please, yeah. please call in with a they bunch of, of hitchhiking stories. I mean, those are some of the best trail stories out there.
2: Dude, the ambulance, man. Like, I've gotten a ride in all the other emergency vehicles, but not the ambulance.
1: That's good. The rug really tied the room together. Same crappy <laughs> author, man. <laughs> Maybe it's
2: not as, you know, headlinesy as traversing the top of the Sierra del Awesome.
5: And we're like, yeah, but you're an ambulance.
0: Really huge plate of noodles, and then comes the main dish, and then uh, the sweets, and then espresso, and then five schnapps, and then you're good to go.
4: The man or beast
1: that I run from ain't been born, and his mama's already dead. I ain't running from nothing. I never have in my whole life, and I ain't gonna start now. And you're not gonna sacrifice my babies for some damn bear. And I raised both hands in the air, and I cussed at him.
0: Yeah, get out of you Yeah.
1: And he looked at me like,
4: go F yourself.